This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Martin Gabor. It's Wednesday, the 18th of August. In your sport today, Afghanistan is forced to pull out of the Paralympics. Australia's T20 World Cup draw is revealed. Osaka leaves her press conference in tears. And watching the Olympics all over again. This is your sport today. The Paralympics start next Tuesday in Tokyo. 167 nations will compete, but it was going to be 168 until Afghanistan was forced to pull out as the athletes can't get out of the capital, Kabul. That's because earlier this week, the Taliban took over the country. Yes, Sam, Afghanistan was all set to send two athletes to the Paralympics. They were going to be male discus thrower Hossein Razuli and female taekwondo fighter Zakia Kudadadi. Now, Kudadadi, she was going to be Afghanistan's first female Paralympian fez, but it's not to be. The athletes were meant to fly out of Kabul on Monday, but that changed when, as you say, the Taliban claimed the city that same day and they simply couldn't get a flight out. Afghanistan's team boss, Aryan Siddiqui, said the athletes had been training in parks and gardens to prepare for the Games and that having Kudadadi compete at the Games was going to be history in the making and that she would have been a great role model for the rest of the females in the country. Now, Sam, for context, when the Taliban were last in power some 20 years ago, they stripped women of most of their human rights, such as working, studying, and of course, playing sport. Yeah, and he added that it's a heartbreaking time for the nation, a sentiment that's shared by many. Now, keen observers of the summer of cricket will know Afghanistan is due to play a test match against Australia in Hobart in November. Afghanistan's best player, Rashid Khan, who is no stranger to Aussie cricket fans, given he's the world number one T20 bowler and a crowd favourite in Adelaide, where he plays in the Big Bash, he sent out a tweet last week addressed to world leaders asking for their help. And yeah, and what he said was, and it's one of those ones where it's just best to read this quote verbatim, My country is in chaos. Thousands of innocent people, including children and women, get martyred every day. Houses and properties are being destructed. Don't leave us in chaos. Stop killing Afghans and destroying Afghanistan. We want peace. Yeah, it really gives some context to how many Afghan people are feeling. In the past five years, Khan has spent just 25 days in Afghanistan, where most of his family still lives. He's playing in England right now and is due to play for Afghanistan in the Men's T20 World Cup from October in the UAE and Oman before he comes to Australia for the test that starts on November 27. Cricket Australia says it expects the test to go ahead as planned, but with all that's going on, let's wait and see. While we're on cricket, the draw for the Men's T20 World Cup was released yesterday. Australia have avoided arch-rivals India in the group stage, but have drawn their other arch-rivals, England, the best T20 team in the world. They seem to have quite a few rivals, but uh, yeah, this will be a pre-Ashes battle in Dubai on October 30 when Australia plays England. As you said, Fez, Australia have drawn England in their group, along with South Africa, the West Indies, and two teams from the qualifying stage. In the other group it's india pakistan new zealand afghanistan and two qualifiers so the way it works is each team plays their group members once that's five matches in total with the top two teams in each group going on to the semi-finals australia they've won pretty much every trophy there is except the men's t20 world cup and they'll be heading to the uae having lost eight of their past 10 t20 matches but the aussies should welcome back star players like david warner glenn 
and Maxwell and Pat Cummins, those guys and a few others didn't play in the recent series losses in the Caribbean and Bangladesh. But they will be playing in the Indian Premier League in the UAE that will be held right before the World Cup, so plenty of matches to prepare before they link up with their Aussie teammates. Australia's first match is on October 23 against South Africa, and their last group game is against the West Indies. There's a link to the full draw in your episode notes. Today's trivia question, who won the last men's T20 World Cup? Answer at the end of the show. Moving to tennis and in the US, world number two women's player Naomi Osaka was brought to tears in her press conference yesterday ahead of her first match at the Cincinnati Masters. Osaka got upset at a question about how she handles the media, which she has said in the past hasn't been good for her mental health. Yeah, so here's the context to it all. This was Osaka's first press conference since she quit the French Open around three months ago for mental health reasons. Now, at the French Open, Osaka said she thought there were better ways to talk to the public than at press conferences, that they were not good for her mental health, so she skipped them and was fined $15,000. That led to her quitting the French Open and taking a break from tennis. She returned at the Olympics Fez, lighting the Olympic cauldron at the opening ceremony, and she lost in the third round. Now, on Monday in Cincinnati, journalist Paul Doherty asked how, on one hand, Osaka doesn't want to do press conferences, but on the other, uses the media for self-promotion. And that's what led to Osaka getting emotional. Yeah, but not right away. Osaka said she was interested in the point of view, going on to explain why she doesn't like the timing of press conferences, and that she knows what she says can create headlines. She finished by saying, I'm not really sure how to balance it too. I'm figuring it out at the same time you guys are. That's when she started to cry and left the stage briefly. She returned, answering more questions, mostly in Japanese, before she left. Her agent, Stuart Duguid, said the tone of the question was aggressive and called Doherty a bully, and that's why players and the media don't get on. We haven't heard from Doherty or Osaka since that press conference, but Doherty has been backed up by other journos on Twitter. There's a link to the press conference in the episode notes so you can have a listen. Osaka received a first-round bye in Cincinnati and will play American teenager Coco Goff in the second round. Gabs, can you believe it's been 10 days since the Olympics finished? Well, not in North Korea, where they've only just started broadcasting the games two days after the closing ceremony took place. Yeah, it kind of feels like that WhatsApp group where you've got that one mate who hasn't caught up with the show, so you have to be hush-hush. <laughs> but this is a little bit different. So, Fez, two days after the games finished, North Korea started showing events, the first being a women's soccer match between Great Britain and Chile. Now, People in North Korea wouldn't have known when the game started because they are not allowed to use the internet or watch channels from overseas. But Sam, there is some bad news for locals who are hoping to see North Koreans on the podium. Yeah, that's because they didn't send any athletes to the Olympics, something they haven't done since the 1988 Games in South Korea. The reason why North Korea didn't send any athletes this year is because they wanted to protect their athletes from coronavirus, with the government claiming there are no cases in the country. North Koreans will get the chance to see Australia dominate in the pool again, but reports claim the broadcast is in low resolution and does not have any commentary. Switching to snooker, a sport people usually play to calm down, 
But that didn't appear to be the case at the British Open when Mark Allen defeated his former partner, Rian Evans, in the first round. No, when there's a bit of a backstory to this rivalry. So the pair actually had a child together, but they broke up 13 years ago. And they've both played snooker professionally since, with Allen the current world number 12, while Evans, she's won the Women's World Championships 12 times. The recent meeting was the first time they'd played against each other and it came just a few months after Evans was told to leave the practice room at the World Champs because Allen said she was distracting him. The pair did not shake hands before the match, which Allen won 3-2. Yeah, and there were no handshakes afterwards either, Gabs. Evans actually led 2-1 in the best of five and led in the fourth frame. That's basically like a set in tennis, but missed a ball that would have won her the match. Defending champ John Higgins scored a 147. That's snooker's version of a perfect game to move second on the all-time list of 147s. Have you ever hit a 147, Gabs? Uh, Not even close, Sam. I think my best was about a 15. (laughs) Time for Catch This, the stuff that caught our eye or what's coming up. And what do you got, Gabs? Look, with all the crazy stuff that's happening in the world right now, I think we all need some wholesome content. Uh, The Aussie Olympic athletes, they're out of quarantine now. Well, some of them are. And they're starting to return home at the airports. So plenty of reunions with families, friends. And in Kaylee McEwen's case, a chance to meet up with her dog, who she hasn't seen for a number of months. Well, there you go, Gabs. Uh, The answer to today's trivia question, who won the last men's T20 World Cup? It was the West Indies. They beat England in the final in 2016. All right, that's it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again tomorrow.